0: America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show.
1: And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day with the intensification of politics on the Republican side of things. Look, this is one of those reasons that you can celebrate uh, your own identification as a member of the GOP, of the Republican party, and I'll tell you why because over the next year there's no real fight going on involving uh the democrats or who the democratic nominee is going to be it's going to be joe biden but on the republican side well there is a gigantic uh struggle shaping up and the contours of that struggle are outlined by jonathan allen who is the senior national politics reporter for nbc news he's based in washington but has been traveling all over the country to follow, well, big events in the campaign, such as Trump's rally in Waco and more. Uh, Jonathan is the co-author of the very important book. It is the leading book about the campaign of 2020, uh, a campaign which, yes, President Trump lost and Joe Biden won. (laughs) You may have noticed that Joe Biden is sitting in the White House right now. Not doing what you may want him to do, but he's there. In any event, Lucky was a tremendous bestseller. He has written recently, Jonathan, on DeSantis and Christie and Trump. And let me ask you uh, first off about a, a, a challenge that was placed by the Politico magazine where they have a lead article that says why Glenn Youngkin would be crazy not to run for president. Uh, The Virginia governor offers two things Republicans need, a non-hostile alternative to Trump and a compelling centrist challenge to Biden. Uh, Jonathan, before we get into Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis and uh, Trump and Nikki Haley and the rest, What about that idea that uh, there needs to be a new candidate, a fresh candidate like Glenn Youngkin, Governor of Virginia, to help redeem the GOP from all of this squabbling and turmoil?
2: Well, I think the first priority for the Republican Party, like any priority or any party in a presidential contest, is to win Uh, and figuring out what the formula for defeating Joe Biden is uh, you know, and whether any Republican candidate could do that or only one could do it or somewhere in between is, uh, is the great challenge. I, I do question uh, the, the idea that uh, Republicans need, um, you know, as it's phrased, a less hostile candidate in this way. I do think the Republican primary voters absolutely want to see candidates who, who will fight, candidates who will hit hard. I mean, I think that's a lesson that we learned. Um, If we hadn't learned it before, certainly learned in the Trump era, the lesson that we learn when we watch uh, how Republicans interact with each other in Congress, Um, that there is sort of a way in which uh, your ability to campaign in a primary in a tough way um, is seen as something that translates to your ability to uh, represent the Republican standard in a general election and be the, the toughest, for lack of a better term, the toughest SOB out there.
1: Okay, uh in terms of being the toughest uh SOB out there. Um uh, were you did you uh, travel to Waco? Were you there or did you uh monitor President Trump's what was it, hour and 15 minute speech uh through media?
2: I was out there in the bright sunshine on the tarmac <laughs> uh boiling along with the uh, uh the uh the rest of the the Trump faithful who were uh who are out there in the heat as well. And I've also, uh, in the past month, been to Iowa to see Trump speak in uh, Davenport and to see Santa speak in both Davenport and Des Moines.
1: Okay. I, you you were there for the entire speech. You saw them when they were selling T-shirts that said, uh, God, guns, and Trump. Uh, you heard the crowd. You experienced the event. Uh what was the one policy proposal, uh, the one legislative proposal, the one proposal for change in America? Because people clearly want change in this country. What was the most memorable change that President Trump promised?
2: Well, his, his promise to root out what he calls the deep state, um, you know, which more broadly uh, I think means um really restructuring how the civil service exists versus political appointees in uh, in the federal government and uh, you know, at some level reducing the size and scope of government. It stands out to me uh, in part because of the language that Trump uses about, uh, again what he calls the deep state and um, in part because I think you would see significant change um, in that area. Uh, you know that there will be a contest of ideas between, whether it's Donald Trump or anybody else, frankly, who wins a Republican nomination, a real contest of ideas between uh, the Republican view of uh, how the federal government should operate and the Democratic view of how the federal government should operate.
1: But uh, in terms of, uh, he again, he's talked about baby bonuses, which sounds to me like uh, what uh, Cory Booker, the senator from uh, <laughs> From New Jersey has been talking about for years. Is is that a uh, is that going to be an equivalent? Uh, is there any equivalent for this campaign of the promise to build a wall and to get Mexico to pay for it, which animated so much of the 2016 campaign?
2: I don't think there's anything uh, that, that compares to that in the combination of uh, its simplicity and um, you know the sort of physical magnitude of something that you're promising to do. Uh, He has promised that if he is restored to office or returned to office by the voters that he will uh, finish that wall. Uh, He is no longer promising that Mexico will pay for it.
1: And he's promised he promised to end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours, right?
2: Right. I mean, that's a big promise. Um, You know, he believes that there should be uh, a negotiated settlement the critics of that approach of course believe uh, that such a negotiated settlement at this point in time and the russians are on their heels would be uh, beneficial to russia and not beneficial to ukraine but and yeah he Republic- that he will Re- end the war in 24 hours
1: republican primary voters uh, in the latest fox news poll were read a list of 15 announced and potential candidates for the nomination uh, the survey was just released yesterday, last night. It found that Trump has doubled his lead since February and is up by 30 points over Ron DeSantis, 54 to 24. Uh, last month he was up by 15 points. Uh, what's the problem with DeSantis's candidacy, which uh, you've written about? It, it seems to be stumbling. What's wrong?
2: So there are a few things. I mean, uh, you know, uh, to, to your point about the polling, uh, at best, he has stalled and at worst, he has fallen behind some, uh, you know, and did so in a period of time in which he released a book uh, and began touring and uh, started getting asked questions. And I think there were a couple of big stumbles uh, first on, on Ukraine, where he has, um, you know, effectively tried to be a little bit of uh, Trump light in that. He's questioning the U.S. commitment to Ukraine, whether there should be a U.S. commitment to Ukraine, um, and and kind of has done it in a few different ways that make him sound like he's still looking for the, the hard position he wants to take. But it is very much on the Trump side of the Republican Party as opposed to um, those in the Republican Party who want to continue to <clears throat> basically continue as, as we're going in terms of the support for Ukraine. And then the other thing was, uh, sort of a force error uh, where Trump said that he was going to be arrested. And uh, m- many Republicans came out and, uh, and said that the D.A. in New York is, you know, is way overreaching and trying to uh, get a grand jury to indict him. Um, uh, DeSantis waited a couple of days, and then when he finally said something, he uh, bashed both the D.A. and uh, took a kind of a sideswipe at Trump. Um, repeating the main charge that he you know paid off a porn star uh, to keep her silent about their alleged affair
1: okay we will get to the impact of those indictments uh, which are looming perhaps who knows for President Trump and more with Jonathan Allen a senior political correspondent for NBC News we'll be right back
0: The Michael Medved show Show
1: and on the Michael Medved show, are um, honored to be speaking with Jonathan Allen, who is the senior national politics reporter for NBC News. Uh, he has been out to the rally in Waco, Texas. He uh, has uh, actually followed the campaign and the various twists and turns of the campaign. Now, one of the latest has to do with Chris Christie's uh, suddenly very outspoken criticism of President Trump. And uh, given the fact that Chris Christie actually campaigned for Trump in 2016, he campaigned for him in 2020. He, in fact, was one of the people who helped uh, President Trump prepare for his debates. Uh, with Joe Biden uh, of which President Trump uh, one of the debates President Trump canceled uh, two of them uh, he showed up and uh, they were fairly energetic debates uh, what's what's Chris Christie's game Jonathan Allen he he appears not to have any campaign structure he hasn't collected any money yet for a campaign is he seriously running for president or just running to advance his media career
2: yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I think there's some division in Christie World about whether uh, he should uh, use his platform as a as a television pundit. Um, and, you know, and, and this moment uh, where he can go to places like New Hampshire and uh, give speeches in order to try to uh, damage Donald Trump without getting into the presidential election. Uh, and there are some who uh, believe that he should go ahead and run for president. Um, And so I think you're seeing a little bit of that uh, push and pull in him sort of testing the waters a little bit.
1: And uh, do you think he would be a viable candidate? It's getting late
2: fast. You know, uh, for, for anybody who would be a new entrant into this race, it is getting late fast.
1: And that applies to people like uh, Tim Scott, who's been touring the country. He's been giving high-profile speeches. He has collected a great deal of money, some of it left over from his Senate campaign, which he won handily. Uh, when it comes down to it, we're not going to have 14 or 17 candidates like uh, the Republicans had last time in 2016. Uh, it, it will be fewer, don't you think?
2: I believe that it will be fewer. Uh, You know, there was a Fox News poll that was released yesterday, and I think they tested something like 15 names. I suspect most of those people will not actually pull the trigger and run. Um, You know, you've got right now, and of course things can change, um, but right now you've got a pretty clearly delineated field of Trump, then DeSantis, and then everybody else. And if you're one of the everybody else, you've got to have a pretty good – Uh, Narrative. You've got to have a pretty good structure for raising money. Um, You know, both Trump and DeSantis are going to get a lot of free media attention. Trump, who's always been able to do that, and DeSantis, who is, um, you know, seen by a lot of Republicans as the chief alternative to Trump, um, you know, is is outside of Trump uh, probably the best in the Republican Party at uh, getting attention to the things that he's doing in Florida and getting attention for, um, you know, the uh, speeches that he makes as he... um, you know, for the moment, stays out of the presidential race, but but looks for all, you know, for all its worth, to be running.
1: Well, either that or he's promoting his book, which has been a number one bestseller. It's currently number two on the New York Times nonfiction list. I what surprised me is there appears to be uh, a great deal of media hostility toward. Uh, Governor DeSantis I mean I was struck by the fact that Pierce Morgan asked him about a report from Daily Beast about the way that he ate chocolate pudding the fact that he ate chocolate pudding p- putting three fingers into the pudding and then putting it into his mouth <laughs> that just seemed to me uh, and and he coped to it he said he did that when he was a kid but he's sure he hasn't done it recently but the reporters swear that they saw him do that. They saw him eat that way. Are table manners going to be a major factor in the upcoming debates?
2: I don't think they're going to be. Although I would say that one of the, you know, the sort of uh, Trump world hits on DeSantis is that they are portraying him as as kind of a weirdo or an oddball. Um, And so, you know, I guess that would be potentially a data point um, in that argument, but no, I don't think uh, the way the candidate deep-putting is going to be a major factor in who wins.
1: Well, that at least is is, is good. Um, in, in terms of one of the other subjects that uh, people have wondered about, uh, can, the Vice President of the United States is doing this tour of Africa, which uh, <laughs> has not gotten a, a great deal of attention. Uh, is there any way that uh, President Biden could pull off a switcheroo and uh, try to replace her with a, a more effective, more dynamic uh, running mate?
2: I mean, it's always possible that he could choose to do that. Uh, my suspicion is that uh, he wouldn't do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, the sort of overall message uh, that he made a mistake the first time in what is Um, you know, for a candidate, the most important choice that they have. Uh, But number two, I think that he would, um, you know, he would risk a severe backlash uh, among African-American voters, women voters, African-American women voters, um, you know, whole sort of parts of the Democratic coalition that even if they're not uh, in love with Kamala Harris as their choice for president in the future would be Put off by her being you know sort of sum- summarily fired from the ticket,
1: okay, in terms of uh we were talking about the Republican race, of course, which is the compelling race. I mean Biden is apparently going to be the nominee and run again but uh in in terms of going beyond Trump and DeSantis. Who is the most likely of the also-rans, the uh, wannabes, uh, in that, that crowd of people to actually break through and join the competition?
2: I don't see one right now. And part of that's because there aren't that many people running. So Nikki Haley's running. She's in the race. Uh, Vivek uh, Ramswami, um is also in the race. But nobody else, you know, just Trump, and those two are the only people who are actually running right now. And I think it's very hard to make a case that uh, people should give you money, that people should, uh, you know, name you in a poll if you are not someone who's running. And I frankly think that that's been something that's been hurtful to DeSantis, that it's not, he hasn't gone out there and made clear that in fact that he is running for president. Um, and, you know, there, there are reasons to think he should get in earlier, reasons to think he should get in later. Um, but it, it, it is always helpful in terms of trying to get support to um, actually be asking people to vote for you uh,
1: yeah and, uh, and again uh, then there are all those folks who it's not sure that they're going to run anyway uh, one of them prominently very, Mike Pence who uh, does not poll well right now uh, but Jonathan Allen always does o- always insightful and informative appreciate your coming on the show Uh, We will be right back with more on Kevin McCarthy uh, begging to get together with President Biden on what? We'll tell you.
0: 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show.
1: And on the Medved show, I I wish I could take some control and and get uh, President Biden uh, to actually agree to something the Speaker of the House wants him to do that is completely necessary and urgent. Uh, Kevin McCarthy wants to meet with the president over the debt limit because literally it is a matter of weeks before we have this uh, colossal potential crisis involving a US government default that we are unable to pay our bills. The last time anything like this, we even came close to it. We didn't go over the edge, but we still had US credit downgraded, which means you pay more interest on that crushing, already crushing national debt. Here is a uh, Speaker McCarthy uh, talking to the press about Uh, wanting to get get together with the president of the United States and work something out. Uh, Listen, clip five. What will the markets react? I think the markets will be very excited that one entity here is taking action. We have been reasonable, responsible, asked to sit down with the president for months. He is
0: making the decision that he wants to put the economy in jeopardy. I
1: don't know what more I can do and how easy. I would bring the lunch to the White House. I would make it soft food if that's what he wants. It doesn't matter. Whatever it takes to meet. I just don't know what's changed from his comments before
0: when he says it's not right if people don't sit down and meet together.
1: Okay, he is, he is exactly right. And uh, despite the comment about soft food, I think um, replying to uh, uh, the idea of dentures, uh i'm though i'm not sure that uh that president biden actually uh deploys dentures but uh the the need for a meeting on this and to deal with this looming crisis at at a time when uh there's too much conversation still not about the future of the country but about the past of the country we are still in the midst of this uh, bitter, bitter debate about not what happened in the election, because I do think that the overwhelming majority of Americans, uh, including probably close to half of Republicans, maybe not quite. But understand that Biden won the election. The election outcome is not in doubt. What is in doubt? is that entire period of challenging those election results and what happened on january 6th mike pence is now uh going to be though he may appeal again may appeal further he has indicated at least verbally uh, a willingness to testify on his role and his interaction with president trump leading up to January 6th. These were his comments today. Listen, clip 10. We'll be speaking with our attorneys in Washington before the end of the week and sorting out uh, what our next steps are. Um, I obviously have nothing to hide. I've I've been speaking about those uh, days, writing about them extensively over the last two years. But I think the American people deserve the whole story. And I've been sharing that truth with the American people. Okay, and uh, that, appears to me to be a, a profoundly appropriate thing to do. Uh, speaking uh, about appropriate things to do, there is a uh, a new problem involving uh, Russia and uh, a an American journalist who was detained there on uh, charges of espionage. This is uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, uh announcing uh the administration judgment that these charges about espionage don't amount to anything this is clip 16. this
2: espionage charges are ridiculous the targeting of american citizens by russian government is unacceptable we condemn the detention of mr gerskovich in the strongest in the strongest terms we also condemn the russian government's continued targeting and repression of journalists embassy moscow has engaged the russian ministry of foreign affairs on this matter in the seeking counselor access i want to strongly reiterate that americans should heed the u.s government's warning to not travel to russia u.s citizens residing or traveling in russia should depart immediately as the state department continues to advise
1: Okay, that's probably reasonable advice. Uh, there's a, um, a a new a new film. Uh, it's called Tetris, which is the history of that video game. We'll be reviewing it tomorrow, but uh, the film is a pretty chilling portrayal of uh, Moscow in 1989. And you remember, after 1989, there was a feeling that everything would be different, that old nightmarish Soviet Union KGB-dominated repressive style would go away, it would dissipate. Uh, Not so much. Uh, The principal deputy spokesperson for the State Department, whose name is Vedant Patel, Uh, Spoke about the Wall Street Journal reporter and no not from the New York Times not from the Washington Post But from the Wall Street Journal America's leading conservative newspaper and part of Rupert Murdoch's uh, uh, News Corp and The Wall Street Journal reporter is named Evan Gerskovich who has been apprehended by Russian authorities Uh, listen clip one
0: The U.S. Embassy in Moscow has requested official notification of the arrest, and Russia is required to provide that under our bilateral consular convention. Second, whenever U.S. citizens are arrested abroad, we pursue consular access as soon as possible. However, due to Russia's administrative procedures and security requirements, it will likely be several days before that happens. Third, we are in close contact with the Wall Street Journal on this issue. And also, I would like to make it clear that it is not safe for U.S. citizens to be in the Russian Federation. Any U.S. citizen residing or traveling in Russia should depart immediately, as stated in our latest travel advisory. Those who require assistance in departing Russia should contact the U.S. Embassy in Moscow for assistance. Unfortunately, we have seen how the Russian government's escalating repression affects journalists, as well as civil society activists and the broader Russian community. Since February 24th, 2022, dozens of outlets and more than 100 individual media professionals have been labeled as undesirable organizations or foreign agents for doing their jobs.
1: Okay, this is uh, indeed uh, very scary and it's one of those reasons why, I. I don't really believe that it's credible that uh, anyone, not even President Trump, could settle the war, the uh, war between Ukraine and Russia in 24 hours. Uh, this is, we are dealing with a, a malevolent and uh, evil and uh, autocratic regime that is deeply hostile to the United States and what we stand for. I'll tell you something else that is deeply hostile to the United States and what we stand for. It is the prospect that in California, uh, they're talking about reparations, where they would provide reparations for black Californians that could, could top 800 billion dollars. The the question here becomes that if if the Democrats proceed with offering that possibility in a bid to try to influence African-American votes, even though black people are, are not in favor of this kind of insane reparations, or at least there's a very big minority uh, that opposes that kind of action, it uh, should be... Uh, deeply wounding to the Democratic Party. will tell you what the latest polling and the latest research shows uh, coming up on The MedVet Show. On the uh, Michael Medved show, there was a presentation uh, by economists and uh, analysts uh, about the cost of the reparations they're talking about in California. And it's ironic that California is playing the leadership role here because slavery never existed in California. Uh, it didn't even exist during the period of Mexican rule after 1821. And uh, the idea that the United States now is going to be asked to pay slavery reparations to Californians—extraordinary. Uh, we will get to that in just a moment. Let me uh, go first to a caller, to Paul in Seattle. You're on the Michael Medved show.
0: Hi, Mike. Um, hey, re- I'd like to uh, answer your thing about why Biden shouldn't talk to Kevin McCarthy, and the and the answer is. The Republicans have not submitted a budget. And without that, what are they going to talk about? And also, Michael, I'd like for you to address why you haven't spoken about Fox News being caught lying through the 2020 election and why they are facing a demise with their audience. And they have a blackout about that news and there's a blackout on conservative radio about that news, that these people, the crazies who have voted for Trump, have been lied to throughout the whole uh, time time frame.
1: Okay, I, I will tell you that there are several reasons that we have not talked about it. I don't think there has been a shortage of coverage on that issue in uh, media. I mean, it's in the newspapers, it's uh, on cable TV. And it's plentifully um, available to people, but it's there's a question of uh, there's a question of basically attacking uh, people who are in in some ways uh, doing the same thing you're trying to do, and uh, the uh, the the idea that uh, there was. Uh, a, a great deal of a problem in, in terms of, of Fox News putting forward stuff they knew to be untrue, that they were aware that it was untrue. This is the very essence of the Dominion lawsuit that is going to be settled. It may have a summary judgment. They may dismiss the uh, lawsuit or they may dismiss the objections to it. So all of that will be coming forward. But uh again, I don't I don't think that it is necessary for me uh, to spend time on on this show uh, basically echoing some of the attacks that have been placed, and I think appropriately, against uh, some of the voices on Fox that seem to lack respect for their audience. I have enough respect for my audience that uh, I, I believe that people, are already considering uh, a lot of those charges. Uh, this email came in from Jeff in Washington, and, and by the way, one 800 1776 is our phone number. Jeff in Washington writes, instead of making our schools into little prisons or military camps, why not put the well-regulated militia back into the Second Amendment and require the licensing and training of firearms carriers uh... like you discussed about israel yesterday we have tried the far rights flood the streets with guns answer since two thousand four all we have seen is an increase in gun violence and mass shootings in our schools seems smarter and cheaper to attack the problem instead of trying to defend against it well uh, I, when you say to attack the problem the question, the problem is too many guns in the hands of of people who should not appropriately have access to firearms. And I agree with you. I think that some of the suggestions for increased and enhanced background checks, that is all appropriate. But the notion that a uh, getting a guard at a school, and we're not talking about a whole squadron of people. We're talking about one guard at one main entrance and yes it was a guard who would be armed that that is a very direct response whereas the the idea of what you're talking about licensing and training of all firearm carriers that's a far more massive response in terms of bureaucracy and personnel and it doesn't go directly to the problem and the directly to the problem situation is that uh, frankly We had a great deal of concern about terrorism, rightly so, after September 11th. And we actually did something about it. And yes, it's inconvenient and a mess to go through the Transportation Security Administration to the TSA whenever you're getting on a plane. And yes, you sometimes have to wait in line, but I think most people recognize that that is... uh, Actually, something that has made us safer and where we can feel more reassured about our transportation system, particularly airline transportation. Okay, on this issue of uh, reparations for black Californians, this is an AP story. And they begin by saying it could cost California more than $800 billion, That's almost a trillion dollars. To compensate black residents for generations of over disproportionate incarceration, and housing discrimination, economists have told a state panel considering reparations. The preliminary estimate is more than 2.5 times California's $300 billion annual budget and does not include a recommended $1 million per older black resident for health disparities that have shortened their average lifespan. Nor does the figure count compensating uh, people for property unjustly taken by the government or devaluing black businesses to other harms the task force says the state perpetuated. Black uh, residents uh, may not receive cash payments anytime soon, if ever, because the state may never adopt the calculations. Of course they won't, because they can't. It's a ridiculous amount of money, and the entire uh, suggestion is ridiculous. The reparations task force met yesterday to discuss the numbers and can vote to adopt the suggestions or come up with its own figures. The proposed calculations and figures come from a consulting team of five economists and policy experts. Assembly member Reggie Jones-Sawyer said, we've got to go in with an open mind and come up with some creative ways to deal with this. What creative way do you deal with 800? million dollars I mean really but the uh, task force must now settle on a cash amount as it nears a July 1st deadline Uh, by the way uh, I said 800 million it's 800 billion let's be clear on that for those who support reparations the staggering 800 billion estimate underscores the long-lasting harm black Americans have endured even in a state that never officially endorsed slavery. Not only didn't endorse it, didn't practice it. And uh, Bob Woodson, a prominent black conservative, called reparations uh, impractical, controversial and counterproductive. He told uh, the Associated Press in an email, no amount of money could ever make right the evil of slavery and it is insulting to suggest that it could. He added that black communities relied on faith and family to build thriving communities following slavery. Some of these communities only began coming apart apart after we lost sight of those values, which also hold the key to these communities' restoration. Financial redress is just one part of a package being considered. Other proposals, get this, include paying incarcerated inmates market value for their labor, establishing free wellness centers and planting more trees in black communities, banning cash bail, and adopting a K-12 black studies curriculum. An advisory committee in San Francisco has recommended $5 million payouts per person, as well as guaranteed income of at least $97,000 every year after that, and personal debt forgiveness for qualifying individuals. Supervisors expressed general support, but stopped short of uh, endorsing specific proposals. They'll take up the issue later this year. Look, this is an important issue to bring up because uh, frankly, when you're talking about a presidential election, when you're talking about the Democratic Party, when you're talking about the fact that in California, the State Assembly and the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco and official uh, governmental bodies that are dominated by Democrats are talking seriously in these terms. Uh, This is the kind of thing that should sway voters to consider an alternative to these radical ideas of the extreme uh, left. Uh, Coming up, we'll be speaking to a former FBI agent about what, if anything, can be done to protect the safety of our schools and our population in this greatest nation on God's green earth.